It's producer Jonathan here. Sorry to break in to the podcast like this, but wanted to give you a heads up that the audio quality on this episode is not exactly where we would want it to be, but it was still a good episode and we wanted to put it out there. So just a warning, audio quality, not as good as what it normally be, and we'll try to fix it for next time. Okay, enjoy the episode. Welcome to this adventure we like to call To Hell with the Hot Dish, where we challenge the church to be more than just a cliche culture and strive to be devoted disciples laughing along the way. Welcome to the podcast. I've got about a million windows up on my browser, which means it is time for our podcast and our gathering. I'm here with my two co-hosts introducing on my left the big uh, cheese himself, the sultan of sound for this podcast and really for sound systems everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the deacon of discernment, the soon to be the earl of higher education, the wickedly talented Jonathan Liss. Please don't put out into the world that I'm here for everybody's <laughs> I can't take that heat. I've got a full-time job. I'm going to be getting texts and tweets. I didn't know that. We just got schooled on how microphones work by oh, Jonathan. Okay. So, yep. like, betrayed by my own knowledge. There you go. Mm-hmm. Your own knowledge. To share. Just threw that in there. Yikes. So, all right, Jonathan, you're here. And, of course, our uh, who, who can forget the Dean <laughs> the Dakotas, the Glitter Beard Reincarnate. The man driving it like he owns it because it is now new to him, his Ford Escape. The wizard working to make winter stay up there away from all of us, Kyle Samansky. Hmm. Glad you're here. Yeah. Thank you for taking that hit for us. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going away, though, slowly and surely. So now we're just, uh, you know, preparing for the floods. So Yeah, that's... And- and they're coming. Yep. For sure. mm-hmm. So no, it's okay right now, though. It's okay right now. So okay. And and no one seems to agree on what's going to happen. So just like church work. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll they'll figure out what's happening when they see it. That's right. Boy, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> Don't worry about that. On to it is now. It's baseball season, Kyle. It is. Yep. And I have not made it out to the ballpark. Uh, we had opening day. I haven't done anything yet. But And you haven't either? I haven't either. Yet. Well, You're, you mm-hmm. live right by the, that's the true. ballpark. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. I did do one thing, though. I subscribed to uh, like an MLB subscription service so I can mm-hmm. like, listen to the games that I want to. Nice. So, I mean, that's that's helpful. So I at least did that. You know, mm-hmm. I make sure and catch games while I was working. Some people who listen to this are sports fans. Sometimes they're not. So mm-hmm. what we could all agree on is a little food segment. We could have a little foodie segment. It's true. Mm-hmm. With mixing it with baseball, the ranking of the 10 craziest ballpark foods for this 2019 MLB season. Have you guys seen this list at no. all? No. I know Kyle and I have had experience with one at the we, Rangers ballpark. We did. What was it called? It's mm-hmm. called the Boomstick, and it's like a two-foot-long <laughs> hot dog that uh, – you know, it was it was crazy. Well, more There's photographic evidence. I'm we, gonna go back and find it. We have it. We have it. Well, around the ballpark, all ballparks have some kind of. They're trying to get you to spend your money, trying to do something that's unique to their flavor. I found a couple. Kyle, I would just say your your White Sox mm-hmm. are. Well, I don't know. Less than creative. Right now at Guaranteed Rate Field, which I didn't know that was the name of the ballpark. Yeah, no one calls it that anymore. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have covered and smothered fries. You can get your buffalo chicken fries, your chili and cheese. You can get your Greek fries, your Irish fries, and your dessert sweet potato fries. Those are sure. Really All the fries. Sure, I'm looking at. All the fries. I like the sweet potato fries topped with powdered sugar, chopped pecans, whipped cream, drizzled mm. with chocolate sauce, and Nutella, mm. which I, the Nutella ruins it for me, what? by the way. Hmm. I, I can't stand it. It's a take. <laughs> bold take. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I can't take it, yeah. but whatever. That's fine. Um, if you go, this one's interesting. If you go out to the Dodgers park, you could have your. Um, they've redefined what's served in the little baseball helmet. Hmm. What's okay. supposed to go in the helmet? Soft serve ice cream. Of yeah. course. <laughs> well, they're putting a, a sweet grilled corn, mayo, katota cheese, chipotle aioli served out of a souvenir mini helmet. Hmm. That's exactly what I want on a hot what day is some hot corn, <laughs> some hot grilled corn and mm-hmm. mayo. Yep. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's, where LA Southern California, I'm just, right? I'm so. telling just in you, case you weren't feeling gross enough, here's a helmet full of corn. <laughs> well, oh, that looks good. You might need this if you're in the cold uh, Minnesota Twins area. You can get the chicken. Uh, I'm sorry, chicken and waffle cone, which is it's chicken tenders, a huge slab of bacon drizzled with maple syrup, mm-hmm. all in a handy to carry waffle cone. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. I, I'm that's all about may that. and may uh, may require a road trip this summer. So <laughs> that's right. That one, that one um, down in Houston, the Frito yeah. Pies corn dog. Yeah, which is just I guess corn corn dog wrapped in uh, Fritos uh, corn chips. Yeah, it looks like. Fritos corn chips. Hmm. Of course. Do you do people in Texas call them Fritos corn chips? I just are they, I thought they were just Fritos. Just Fritos. Okay. I just asking for clarification. Then. This is from yeah. USA Today. So oh, so they don't know what they're talking. They, sure. They yeah. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news but, um, and I will just finish off here with the number one. The number one creative hmm. uh, meal at any ballpark is here in Arlington. The foul pole. <laughs> it's a freaking two-pound chicken tender, which. <laughs> Which I don't even know how that's possible. That's crimes against chicken. Where did they get this chicken from? Where are they served. growing these genetically modified chickens? <laughs> two pound chicken tender served on a bed of waffle fries. Sure. A two pound chicken trip wasn't enough. No. Of course, Mm-mm. you got ample room at the end for your dipping sauces. Uh, so that. How do you. That is yeah. Thing. Chicken strip dipping sauce. Go. Yeah. What's your favorite? A ranch. Oh, honey, honey mustard. I'm either a ranch or barbecue sauce. Okay. Either. Yeah, ranch. I do ranch. I do ketchup because um, I'm basic, and then, um, I I like. I mean, I like buffalo sauce. Because I'm, I'm a six year old. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He knows what he's about. Oh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's just what's on my mind. I just had to get that out there because mm-hmm. I'm 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 in the mood for base, some baseball now. It gets me thinking, yep. and I love the ballpark stuff. So. My tummy hurts looking at that chicken strip. <laughs> it literally well, does. I'm gonna close it. I'm gonna cover okay, right over. Thanks. We don't need to look at that Thanks. anymore. But this is good. We've got a couple other segments. This might be a sports heavy little uh, podcast that we got here today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about March Madness mm-hmm. because we're on the sports kick, mm-hmm. and um, and then we're gonna talk about. I'm going to talk about trust. We're going to do some trust. You want to do a trust ball? Sure. You ready? 
<laughs> you didn't catch me. No, I didn't know. I didn't. I have to tell you when to go. If you're going to fall, you got to get this right. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. You can't fall whenever you want. You have to, I, oh, to okay. wait for me. I may bring you, that back the rest of this trust, episode. You <laughs> trust you me enough uh-huh. that you just are going to fall and then exactly. I'm going to turn and catch you. Well, I don't know. You know one thing? You can always count on me, Jonathan. Okay. It's okay. You can always mm-hmm. count on me. But you know what We what else I can count on? What's that? That March Madness is my favorite time of the year. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love March Madness. I don't know if I knew that. How's your brackets doing, gentlemen? You know, uh, poorly. What? Poorly, yeah. Because you, you had the Gophers going all the way to the final four. <laughs> it was a controversial pick, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Did, okay. All right. I, I'm not doing too bad. I my I picked the Tar Heels. Oh, okay. And, mm-hmm. But I did not pick Duke. But whatever. I still lost. Um Crystal, I did. I filled out the bracket for my wife's work, mm-hmm. uh, Crystal's work, and I was I was number two for like a week, and then mm-hmm. I was down to number eight, and now I don't know what I am now. I'll have to find out. Somewhere but in the middle, mm-hmm. I, I've probably dropped down. So, uh, it's funny that you mentioned you know people and sports and maybe not them not being as into it because uh, as far as I'm concerned, my bracket's at a hundo percent because I did not fill one out. <laughs> so. I'm still 100% mm-hmm. sitting here with uh, no bracket. Well, okay. So All it right. can be busted. It's <laughs> it's Schrodinger's bracket. It's neither busted nor complete. We don't know. Episode over. Exist. Episode over. Let's just call it. Yep. Drop, drop the mic. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Just, uh, <laughs> just tried to one-up us all. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you found an article, though, too, about... Uh, about the NCAA and a little other madness that's going on, didn't you? Well, you can uh, always count on the, the NCAA for, like, ridiculous story, stories and just silly things. I mean, obviously corruption, but the story that, that I read this morning was that, uh, you know, players uh, players don't get paid to do things, and so they've been trying to take souvenirs from March Madness, all these teams, so they're taking, like, nameplates and, and things, and one of the things players are trying to steal are the rugs, from the, I shouldn't say steal. They're they're trying to take the March Madness rugs from the locker rooms, and and people are not letting them take these rugs. So there are players who are sneaking them out and holding them hostage, like for for player pay. Like you can have your rug back if you pay players, and it's just utterly ridiculous. Like, well, they're trying to make a statement. I, I guess. Sure, but like. I don't know if the rug is is the right thing to to do that to make the point with like, you know, you can have your rug back if you pay us. Uh, no, keep the rug. I think I think Luther would be proud of them. You know, they're saying here I stand <laughs> on this rug. <laughs> rug. <laughs> I can do no. Other. Nice, nice, good one. Sure. It, se- it seems to me the NCAA could fix this by just not putting their logo on the rug, though. Sure. <laughs> There's there's lots of ways they could fix it. Um, well, sure, right. No, I was just looking at a picture from one of the tweets from the play. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't put NCAA March Madness on the rug, and I think it would be okay. But mm-hmm. but you're right. You're right. You can you can count on those ridiculous stories. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things you can also count on with the NCAA, at least right now, is investigations and mm-hmm. things that are happening, and some of the. Uh, you know, I, I've had some friends that have played uh, sports, collegiate sports, and the, the rules and regulations around mm-hmm. what what you can take and what you can't are very strict, and mm-hmm. and there's reasoning behind that. Sure. And so, 
very much wanting to uh, protect the amateur athlete and, and, and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, and just guide that in the right way. So I know they're doing a bunch of investigations. I'm hoping that that doesn't into some of the coaches and mm-hmm. dealing with agents and other sponsors, Adidas sponsors, things like that. And we don't need to get into, you can watch ESPN for all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that it, it makes us think about and wonder about is does that tarnish your trust of, of the sport? Right? Mm-hmm. Do, does it change the way you look at things? Obviously nothing has gone down by this tournament and it won't happen by the end of the tournament this mm-hmm. year. But, you know, do you trust it a little bit less with, this stuff that you know is going on with the rug stealing that's going in the back out the back door, uh, you know what? What does that do for you? I, I like to think that I have a really healthy appetite for conspiracies, and uh, like <laughs> I, I'm just always always a little suspicious of things, and like I, I nothing will tarnish March Madness for me because sure. like it just is fantastic, even though. There is so much shady nonsense going on in, like, especially big-time college sports, right? Like, college basketball, college football, I think, uh, maybe most, like, prominently. But, like, what was in the, the news, uh, what, last week? All those, like, rich parents paying to get their kids into, like, mm-hmm. of course. Like, I am I'm not surprised. And I will still root for, like, fantastic basketball games and then choose to be outraged when rugs are stolen and people have been bribed in shoes. Like, I, I think I can have both. Yeah. I, I think we, we live in a, you know, our minds are divided on that. And mm-hmm. sometimes we, we just have to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, to, I totally am with you on that. I think, I think that makes sense. And I, I think it, it does not tarnish my trust of things. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm, maybe I'm too trusting and maybe trusting to the point of a fault where I'll always forgive. I'm, but I think that, um, I'd rather be that way than the other way mm-hmm. I, I would say, but I know that a lot of times I mean, trust, trust can be broken and yep. that I think trust has to be earned. I mean, I, one of the other articles that I saw this week was, you know, about Papa John's and, mm-hmm. and the, the guy founder had made some comments that were, uh, that were, um, Racist. Some racist, <laughs> racist comments. Yeah, is what they were. And that now Papa John's is trying to, uh, they've added a shack to their uh, board of directors and is trying to trying to reclaim some of that trust that they've broken from hmm. the people. Is that, I don't think that we can take trust too lightly, hmm. particularly as, as, I don't know, as people of faith, people who work in the church, we, we, sh- we should value trust, I think, above anything else i don't know what do you guys think i i think i think that's right um and there's been a lot of conversations about trust like especially in in our kind of denomination the lca lutheranism the last i guess month and a half or so and i i think like trust is one of those big like trigger words in some sense right when we're dealing with with church people and we talk about boundaries and healthy relationships and all of these kind of dimensions but trust is kind of encapsulates or is part of all of these things in some way um hard hard to define but but nonetheless super important and so i don't know if uh, if you all have more concrete feelings on that but i it's been very prominent in in kind of a lot of circles i think that we're parts of well i mean how would we how would we define trust or, or or label trust is it is it ability where 
folks are working together um, in, in a way that's that's faithful to each other and faithful to to doing that work together is a way that being honest or is it a way that what what is trust how would we define hmm. it? I think the hard part about defining trust is that it, I mean it really is right it's a cliche in the church to say like it depends on the context and depends on the person um, but it really does sometimes right like we're not just saying things to say it sometimes and I think for trust, that's really true. Um, I find a lot, as I'm still relatively new in a church, right, working at building trust and building relationships with people, that, like, it starts foundationally, I think, with showing up, right? Like, in knowing that that people can count on you to do things. When uh, you say you're going to visit, you show up and visit. If you say you're going to send an email, you send the email. Um, you know, you try to remember and and connect and, and do the best you can. But I, I think that that's a really, at least for me, a foundational point to start from, right? Like know that, that I can be uh, relied on and counted on to, to show up and, and do the job. And then, you know, you work on cultivating individual relationships from there. Yeah, I think it's something that you have to earn, right? And it's earned over time. It's earned in, like you said, by showing up, by being there, knowing, letting people know that you... Mm-hmm. That you will do what you say you will do and that you will be faithful to to honor them, to honor the, the work of the church, that you're not going to disgrace mm-hmm. anything, I guess, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. but that it, it, it has to do, I think it's earned in one-on-one mm-hmm. relationships is where it, where it starts. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is I don't know if we all start at square one mm-hmm. with, the base of trust. I think you start with some sort of basis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you maybe you're starting at like a mm-hmm. six based on, well, you're coming in and we know you're a pastor mm-hmm. speaking specifically of the church world. So, you know, you've got a little bit of trust to start with mm-hmm. and then you keep going with it and, and kind of build on that. But it's, it's crazy how quickly it's broken mm-hmm. too and how easily it's broken. And when it's broken, like how far you backside, like you could start at a six and it takes a long time to get to an eight. And mm-hmm. then you do one thing and suddenly you're at like negative four. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe yeah. that's like yeah, yeah. hyperbolic, but it's, no. you know, at some point you're like, wow, it's crazy how quickly it can be eroded away mm-hmm. by single action. I think that depends on the person hmm. as well. If they're a more trusting person, maybe they'll be willing to trust you again. Maybe you build it back up faster. Uh, if, you're like Kyle and you kind of dabble in conspiracy theories, you know, your trust is like, okay, mm-hmm. it's gone, you know, right? Like it's, it, it can easily be sort of taken away and it's like, all right, well, it, it, I, trust mm-hmm. is a fascinating thing because mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things as well that we almost define by the negative more yeah. than just the yeah. positive because mm-hmm. what we typically talk about is trust being broken. You lost my trust. Man, I remember my mom saying mm-hmm. that to me and it's like, that hurt almost worse than any sort mm-hmm. of like yelling or things yeah. like that. Cause I'm like uh-huh. sitting there going, okay, well now how quickly do like, what do I have yeah. to do to earn that back or how quickly and time factors into mm-hmm. that yeah. because yeah, there's just been times where I've eroded trust and the, sh- the shamed part of me wants to get it back mm-hmm. as quickly as I can. And the reality is it doesn't the, come yeah. back that, that quickly if, if it comes back. So like mm-hmm. that question. Factors yeah. In as well. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right on. And, um, thinking back to like our earlier conversation, right? Like when we deal with like basketball and sports and like huge corporations, I think like to have doubt, um, and to like think that there might be like shady stuff going on. 
uh, doesn't mess with your level of trust in those systems because, you know, you know what you want to get out of them, right? I want a good basketball game. I don't really care about the other stuff. But that is just totally different in the church, right? Like when you're dealing with a pastor, there's this really high level of expectations that is like, can feel crushing at some sometimes, right? Like the weight of this pressure, like wanting to maintain this trust and, you know, one foul up, one slip up, uh, one kind of instance of whatever breaking trust, whatever that looks like, right? And it's gone. And and you're right, it, it like cuts deep. And, you know, how do you get it back if, if ever? And it does happen because we're humans. Like that's a tag on with the like pastor mm-hmm. church worker is you're also a human. So you're going to foul up. Not saying that then we mm-hmm. give a pass to people because like, oh, you, you fouled up, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to do with that because you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going mm-hmm. to mess up. Mm-hmm. So you would hope that there's some grace there yeah. too, but it may not always mm-hmm. feel like that. Well, it might be one of the reasons why, you know, we don't, we can't come up with a definition mm-hmm. of trust that, that it is more of a, well, you know it when you see it yeah. kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Uh, but it's probably why we, when we, talk about what trust is uh, we slip so easily into what trust mm-hmm. isn't into mm-hmm. the more of the negative and why sometimes we are careful when you want to talk about being mm-hmm. trustworthy that you don't go into these negative practices that mm-hmm. break the trust right because it, it is so hard to to earn that yeah back. i think that maybe that's why we focus mm-hmm. in that way a little bit more yeah just thinking about like this this need to keep and earn trust is like a really i think powerful and and at times certainly an unhealthy motivator for church leaders and leaders of all kinds i would imagine too um right like i i know i've recognized in myself that i tend to like i t- i want to be a people pleaser right i don't want to cause conflict i want to be a support for people and often that then turns into being a yes man like okay you can do that sure we can make that work even when the things, situations are frustrating. Um, and so like dealing with trust then as it relates to those things, how do you kind of honor yourself and the the church that you work for, the system that you're in without, you know, burning yourself out, kind of working so hard to maintain and be trustworthy, right? You want to be a person that can be uh, counted on and all of these things. And I think it's connected to a lot of things we talk about in the church and maybe burnout is one of those, those things too. Well, I think it, it's not just you wanting to be trustworthy, but I think it's creating a, I mean, you could call it creating a sure. safe space as well, or trustworthy space, like, like calling mm-hmm. out bullying when, when, when you see it or say, hey, we're not going to talk mm-hmm. to each other that way. Right. We're not going to bully one another. That's a way of, of fostering trust in a, in a system that then can maintain mm-hmm. itself to say, no, we're not going to talk to each other that way. And that, then the, that feeds the system to say, no, we're, we're not going to mm-hmm. be that way. And um, that takes it less on you, but puts it out there in terms of your guidelines for how you're going to live together as mm-hmm. people, whether it's church people or whatever system yeah. you're in. Right. I mean, so that's, that's a no that you yeah. can get on board mm-hmm. with, right. To, instead yeah. of being a yes man to say, no, I, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. You know, or we're not going to be this way. Um, and it fosters. I think that those things kind of foster trust and and, and confidence mm-hmm. in the system, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of work ahead mm-hmm. of us as yeah. people in the church. And I think the church still, 
I don't know. We could we could go round and round on whether the the, the church in our day and age and in in our country um, has inherent mm. trust with it until it's broken that, or maybe maybe depends on yeah. the person that if they've had a bad experience. Uh, with the church, they're not going to trust the church in the no. same way ever again. Yeah, because yeah. I can go on social media and find piles and piles yeah. and piles of yep. examples where people feel like the church is mm-hmm. not trust. So, and and I think uh, for uh, for better or for worse, right? Even though we kind of, as being in this this Lutheran bubble, see ourselves as kind of clearly distinct from other churches and religions and denominations, like. The church in kind of consumer culture, like, is just that, right? The church. And so one bad thing, right, one bad example kind of reflects poorly on the church as a whole. So you think about, like, this kind of ongoing horrible, uh, you know, scandal in the Catholic church with child sexual abuse, um, right, reflects negatively on all churches. Or uh, whenever there's a, a pastor who steals a bunch of money, um you know, or really hateful rhetoric or preaching, right? All of this stuff is kind of baked into then culture when we say, oh, we're from the church. Like all of that baggage comes with it. And so we're almost, you know, when you're dealing with like trust and making up relationships, we're, we're almost, it seems like we're almost always playing catch up or trying to defend ourselves versus others. And, and that can be just a whole other challenge on its own. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to, take a little turn because I was thinking this past week our readings uh, for Sunday the gospel reading was the traditionally called mm-hmm. the prodigal mm-hmm. son mm-hmm. right and I mean and it's really about the <laughs> call it what you want the prodigal son the welcoming father the sure. older brother whatever it is it's about all three and so was ringing true with this conversation about the older brother who doesn't trust what he sees mm-hmm. coming back home when the younger brother from um, Luke 15, if you mm-hmm. need to go look it up, make sure you go look it up. That story ends with them not yeah. reconciled. Mm-hmm. The older brother ha- out in the field, outside, not mm-hmm. joining the party. And it's really left there with that idea, which I think then puts it on us for how are we going to live mm-hmm. that out, right? And that, that's a struggle that then puts on us that God is is calling each person to come to this yeah. table, to come to this table of trust. And are we going to open up our minds enough to be there with people that in, in times when we don't always, I don't know, trust everybody who's around mm-hmm. that table with us? Can we still, yeah. can we still come? That's a difficult mm-hmm. place to be, right? And it seems to me in that story, one of the things maybe we can think about and learn is like, who do you place more trust in? Do you place more trust in the father and what the father is saying to you? Or do you place more trust in your trust between the people that are around you? Mm -hmm. And if you place more trust in uh, the people that are around you and what you feel there, then maybe you don't come to that table. I mean, maybe you're kind of like Mm -hmm. the older brother and you're sort of left there because that's the trust that's overriding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the, you know at its core, trust is also connected mm-hmm. to belief, mm-hmm. um, and and even when when it's when we struggle to trust one another, does our belief in something bigger than ourselves override that in some ways for us, or mm-hmm. carry grace even in a moment when we find it difficult? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find that that to be a worthwhile thing to mm-hmm. ponder. Mm-hmm. In addition to a two pound. Mm-hmm. Strip. 
which is also just mind-bogglingly enormous. Not to bring it too full circle or anything, but I do kind of want to try it. You want to try? You want to try trust? <laughs> uh, well, yes, that. Uh, <laughs> on chicken strip. You only live once. And I want to well, shorten that life by eating a two-pound chicken, yeah. two chicken strip. <laughs> oh, I'm going to need a lot of dipping sauce. Well, you can That's eat, a lot of chicken. It. Don't worry about it. Just okay. trust. It'll be trust, all right. Trust in the <laughs> Trust oh. the waffle fries to bear the chicken strip. Oh. Did we ruin it? I, I don't... I, I was never that excited about it. I'll just be honest. I mean, it... I, the or the I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap my mind around someone who like pays, you know, $30 for a ticket to a baseball game and then, and then pays $50 for a two pound chicken strip and just eats it the whole game. Like I, I would be more interested in, in watching that person in some sense than the game itself. You can go get your grilled corn and you'll be just. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I, I want uh, no part of the of the corn. So, uh, let's go. So, uh, thanks uh, everyone for, for following along and, and trusting that this conversation had uh, a direction, even though at times it feels like it might not have had that. Uh, if you want to uh, keep on being a part of the conversation, check out our website, follow us on Facebook or tweet us T H W T H podcast on Twitter. But until uh, next time, thanks for listening and peace be with you guys. Well, you can always count on the NCAA for ridiculous things, and uh, I, I think that was God. I don't know. Uh, no, yeah. Knocking at the door. Yeah.